Welcome to Jewish History with Rabbi David Katz, connecting the human side to Jewish history. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com. Hi, it's Monday evening. It's getting there anyway. Uh, and I'm going to take the opportunity now, because it's a big week, um, see if I can do the next installment of Tefillah uh, podcast, pick up where I left off before, our uh, Tefillah podcast, Mi Yisod, Mishpach Stefanski. And last time I was talking about the history of um, how this works. And uh, let me see. I'm talking about the end of the Bayashani. And I'm going somewhere with this. Uh, because what you and I call the basic unit of dominating, which is the Shman Esrei, emerges from this environment. Uh, and therefore the question becomes, historically, when they made all this, what did they have in mind? Now, I don't know exactly where I'm going with all this in the future, but dominating, especially Shman Esrei, is put together by Chazal, so has many different levels of meaning, and there have been many different approaches to it. I uh, hope to share some of them. Each one has its own kanesh. And I have mine, all right? It's not better than someone else's. And my thoughts on the subject. That's all I can ever uh, share with you. Um, so this is not the last word in the Shemun Esrei, and I want to devote my remarks today to the first three brachas. Uh, well, let me just say where I'm going with this. I think many know the Gemara, <clears throat> in brachas and especially Megillah, where it says, Shemun Apakuli, Hister Shemun I'll say to Biyavna. Shemun Esri dates from the period of Biyavna, the one that you and I have in the basic template form. Uh, <clears throat> there was an earlier one, they say. Um, the Rambam, as I told you before, I read you in the past, said Ezra did it in his time. Uh, and uh, what happened to it? Uh, it's very interesting. Now, I'm trying to steer my way through Agatha's which is never easy, because it's not exactly take literally, it's not exactly toss it off. The Gemara itself says, in Yudches and Megillah, If Ezra did it, then what are you telling me that it came again in Yavna time, under the direction of Rabbi Gamil, after destruction of the base of Migdash. Right? After destruction of the base of Migdash. Um, hold on one second. <coughs> Sorry about that. So, he's asking a historical question. On the one hand, you're telling me that Shimon Esri dates from, like the Rambam said, from the time of Ezra when people couldn't speak well anymore and all that that we discussed. But then you have this concept business, which more and many are familiar with this, uh, from learning that Gorg uh, was a whole richest to try to describe what's the reason for Ovos and, and this bracha and that bracha. And uh, what is that? And the Gemara says something quite remarkable. Shachachum b'chastri They forgot it. Now what does that mean? Think about it. Here's Anshay Sekdola. They're supposed to be the big cheeses in Judaism. They made the sitter. They also canonized the Bible. They organized the um, 
uh, you know, the, the calendar, the way we have it. All sorts of fundamental business of Judaism. Shachachum, Klaistro forgot it. They forgot it. Doesn't the Rambam always say we haven't forgotten what the Esterig is? We haven't forgot what the Lulav is. Hashem and Esther, which, which Takana for they forgot it. You see? So what you see is, as I said before, the Rambam is presenting, I think, something of a simplistic, neat package. There seems to have been, this is my interpretation, there seems to have been an attempt to set up a standard of prayer. It didn't work, meaning it didn't spread. Shachachum. I think, as I tried to explain before, it didn't spread because the Jews scattered all over the diaspora and therefore everybody did their own thing. Everybody made Shabbos themselves. It wasn't possible, it seems, for the, the Matbeah of the Anshayi Sigol to spread over the Jewish world and be accepted just like that. But now, and, and, and whatever forms of individual prayers, as I described the other day, uh, emerged, did. So there was no central control of this. And probably they didn't make that big of a deal because they had the base of English anyway. But now that you don't have a base of English, because the Chorban happened, so the Sanhedrin really sat on this, and they said, we're going to make one Matbeah for Kalal Yisrael. We're going to try to, and we'll give it the, the full press, full core press, and they did. Now, I don't know historically how it happened, that this Nusach of Shem Pakuli spread over the Jewish uh, globe. And I mean, I don't know, we don't know how it happened, <clears throat> but it did. Were there objections? Not, who knows? I mean, seriously, but not to be funny about it. <clears throat> but it happened. And you ended up with more or less the template that you and I have. Now, the Gemara says, you know, what's the basis for all this? I don't think that's literal. I can't be. What, they looked at Tehillim and said, gee, in the 29th Psalm, whatever it is, it says, let's make the first of the brachas like that. No. So let's analyze what's going on. Or at least, I'm giving you my best shot at it. I can't do more than that. I told you before, so we have the openings of the Shemun Usually that's talked to a Shevach Bodah and that sort of thing. You know, the first three Shevach, the last three Bodah. I don't think so. Meaning, not in the typical sense that you think that you're saying, Elohim, Elohim, and all that, you're praising God. It's true, you are. And when the Chazal say something very deep, and by that I mean it has multiple layers of understanding, and that's not a cliche on my part. I'm not saying to be PC, it's serious. So there's ways of understanding the davening. I think everybody realizes it. Any intelligent person realizes it. There's a rationalistic way, there's a mystical way, there's a midrashic way, there's a Hasidic way, and many others, okay? And the God of the Chazal is, as the Rambam says so famously, they'll put something together in the Torah and in the Torah Shavalpev, has many different facets. He says it's like a diamond, you understand? And the Rambam, I think in the Igeris uh, Tema, says words to the effect, the intellectuals can understand the intellectual side of it, and Chapano from that. The Pashat people can understand at a Pashat level, and Chapano from that. It really does work. And that's a godless. And I think the Rambam uses those words over there. I should pull it out. It's a godless to write something that can be understood by many people in different ways, and that's tackle what you had in mind when you wrote it, okay? Most of us, at the most, you could do two levels. At the most, I could write something that will be understood, and for my inside friends, they'll understand the a little obscure references where we're stalking somebody or something like you know. That's a yeshiva shit thing. But 
on the regular side of it, it's very hard to do. Now, where am I going with this? Here's how we understand it. You open the prayer, and when it comes to Sermon S3, which once upon a time was Tefillah, everything else was an add one. So they're basically davening with this, the Sermon S3. And by that I mean that's when you talk to God, I, thou relationship. Baruch talk. I'm talking to you. I'm not praising God in the third person like you usually have. Hallelujah, El Bakut, El Bikuzo, and this and that and the other. It's all, you know, the third person. Here I'm talking, I have a conversation, right? That's the way the Shimon Esri is structured. It's a atop. It's a, a, a imperative. So second person, right? So I'm speaking to you. That itself requires a certain state of mind. I'm speaking to you. That's why you can't have, you know, your mind wanders in Shimon Esri, because I'm talking to you. It would be just like if I'm talking, if, if we're having a conversation at a, at a bar mitzvah or something, and my mind's wandering while I'm talking to you, which happens sometimes, right? Better yet, a single convention. You understand? Know, you know, it's uh, that's very insulting. So you have to. I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you, God. Now, how do you have the ministry set up? To me, it's very interesting. As I understand it, the first three brachas, the first three paragraphs, each one represent uh, a definition of God. I'm talking to God. What the heck does the words mean? Right? What does it mean? Remember, it's meant for the whole call you throw. What does it mean? Uh, one can. And let me tell you something. At the end of the day, it's not going to be possible to define God in a philosophical sense. But hold on for a second. Uh, I'm going to have three paragraphs, and each one's going to uh, have me relate to God in a certain way. If I were thinking in purely logical terms, philosophical terms, in my opinion, the second one would go first. Okay, And maybe it would be like, Ata Gibor, and maybe Ata Kadosh, and then Elhebel Avasena, or something like that. <laughs> what do I mean? I'm having this conversation. I'm talking to God. What does the word God mean? <clears throat> Is it a teddy bear up there? What's up? I'm talking to God. <laughs> the, the simplest, straightforward, logical, and philosophical explanation is the second paragraph. You want to know who God is? You're talking to that which is all powerful. Ata Gibor, Lamashem, Chaim, Isim, I'm talking to that which has power over life and death. That cuts all the philosophy books into one sentence. God is that which can kill you and can make you alive again. So if he's in control of life and death, he's in control of everything. So I'm dealing with omnipotence, all-powerful. Kol yachol. Okay? So I would start the Shemun logically by saying, Baruch Hashem, and then, or Atah Gibor, or something like that, and... I'm now about to talk to you, God, and I'm quite aware that you have all the power. I mean, literally all the power. Uh, at least I've defined what God is. I didn't say that you're a dream. I didn't say you're a teddy bear. I didn't say you're an old man sitting on the top of a, a heaven with a long white beard, or a whole bunch of other images that other religions can can <clears throat> develop. I'm cutting right to the chase and saying, So you, you can do anything. Right? You're in the world. And even throw in resurrection. So notice, even if somebody dies, you can bring them back to life. That's a bigger miracle, right? A bigger miracle. However, you and I know that the Shemona is structured that way. They made a deliberate choice to start in a completely different way, which is very interesting to me on two levels. First of all, I told you last week, one of the big problems historically at that time was you had synagogues full of Goyim, some of whom were 
converting, some were not converting, <clears throat> some were in the middle. By the time we're talking about were Christians was one group, other, you know, similar types of sects out there. And you know, the rabbis in Israel didn't like this. That's why they came up with the whole idea, as I mentioned before, that we recite on the uh, uh, Saturday morning Shemun Esrei by Shachris, it's ethnic, is a racial uh, statement. Shabbos is only for Zer Yaakov. Now, no, those are really Jewish. Not others. Um, what that means is that I'm Jewish the Chazal set it up that they want a highly ethnocentric prayer, at least at the start. Uh, a Jew relates to God through family. I don't, may not be a big philosopher. I may or may not understand all this kind of fancy talk you find, you know, in the Rambam or this book or that book, uh, you know, Sadiqan. I know one thing. I'm come to you as a Yid with a family background. You knew my parents, as we say today. And I'm relating to you in a family way and in a Messorah type of way. And that's the fundamental way at the beginning of a conversation that a Jew relates to God. The other stuff can come later or come or not come at all. But the Klal Yisrael type thing is Elohim Avicenu. It's it's a, a generic, or, and that's not the right word, genetic type thing, right? I'm the a descendant of Avram Yitzhak and therefore... Whatever you are, you have a track record with Avram and Yitzhak and Yaakov. And it's Eloheinu, Velohei Avicenu, Elohei Avram, that's one way. Elohei Yitzhak, Velohei Yaakov. We didn't relate to them the same way. But we all deal with you on the basis of this past. That's the fundament, and everything else comes later. This, later on in the Middle Ages, famously became, uh, 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 what's the right word, represented by the Kuzari. Right? I think many of you know what I'm talking about. For those who don't, very briefly, this is classic. In the Kuzri, you have the story. I know everybody knows what the Kuzri is basically about. The king of the Khazar is not Jewish. He has a dream. He's got to find a new religion. And he calls in three people to check out the new religions. One was a philosopher. One was a Christian. One's a Muslim. And after three, after inter- and he didn't call the Jews because he said, the heck with the Jews. They're dumb. They're bad. And this, that, and the other. After finishing the interview with the um, guys, he was unsatisfied, and he says, I got to call in a Jew. Now, when he spoke to the Muslim, and when he spoke to the Christian, even the philosopher, they spoke in logical terms. They said, God is defined, like, on an Atagibor basis, you know what I mean? As that is all-powerful, and the creator of the world, and Yeshmiyayan, and he can do miracles. So basically, they approached and presented their religions to this king, who was a, a, a pagan, and was really on the beginning of the road of, you know, discovering religion. In an Atagibor way. Right? They went to normal path, and you start with the second paragraph approach. The Jew, and this is a very famous, this may be the most famous passage in the Kuzri, maybe not, but it's famous to me. <coughs> but the king says, and I'm reading here from um, the translation, you know, it's in Arabic, but there's a, the newest and the nicest translation, in my opinion. Is a Shilat, you know, Professor Shilat in Israel, Yitzhak Shilat. I'll keep us through the guy, very good Arabist. And he says, after finishing with the Muslim guy, 
and the Christian guy. I see, unfortunately, I got a call on the Jews. They're the ones from the Old Testament. They're the proof of God. And he called in Echad Mechavri Ayehudim, Basholam Minoso. And he called on the Jew and he said, Okay, give me your spiel. Fully expecting the Jew's going to do an Atagibavrak. There's a God, I'll prove there's a God. He's all powerful, he's omniscient, he created Yeshmein. And start from that, and then eventually take it Abraham. But the Jew instead famously says, "You want to know um, about my emuna shala emunaso?" So the rabbi, the chaver, says, "Ani mamin belohe Avram Yitzchak v'Yakov hamotzi es bnei Yisrael mitzrayim beosus umosim umachalkam b'midbar v'nosla meretz kanan achrei shavir mesiyam v'hayarin b'mosim v'shalach Moshe b'toroso v'yachikin alavim etc. etc." Notice, they gave him a highly ethno, ethnocentric and family-specific answer. I believe in the God of I believe the God who dealt with my grandparents, with Yaakov, and took the olives out of Egypt. That is not something that's going to appeal to a guy. That's not relevant to the rest of mankind. I'm asking you to tell me what your religion is, and you tell me your family personal story. And the king is angry at him and says, I knew it's better not to talk to a Jew. Because they knew they are dumb and stupid. They've gone through so much persecution, they've lost it. Rather, here's what you're supposed to say. You should say, What's universal? Do you believe in a Bori Olam? Who is Mesader the Olam, who runs the world? Uman Higo and leads it? Ubimisha Baruch Vizanchan, who created you? Umasha Domalela Torim, and other universal attributes of the divine? Asherhim Tainus Kobaldas, which are common to all religions, like Rodiv Hemesetetetek, Nidamas of Sidko. And then tell me what's specific about Judaism. But you haven't located it within. The category, or the 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 you know the what's the right word? The variety of world religions. So talk to me in universal terms. And notice the king saying like this: Don't do Elohim v'Avsinu. Start with me. I'm starting you for the first time talking about religion. Talk to me about Atagibar. You see? Tell me about Machal Kachaim Mechesed. Tell me about Machaim Mesim and so forth. What are you giving Elohim v'Avsinu? And the cover famously, it's all very famous, in the. Uh, Kuzri says, back to the king, That's Tom religions, other religions, which are just, you know, compared to ours. They're based on logic, on theology, on theology, on, on, on uh, you know, figuring out universal reason aspects. You know, God must be all-powerful. God must be this. God must be that. But that brings you Sveikus Rabbim. Because you don't know what the terms mean. Ushal Falasim, I love Tim said, you ask the theologians, and each one will give you a different shot. Okay? Um, and some, the answers they'll give you won't work. And the king said, oh, this is getting interesting. And then he goes on to explain, very famously in the Kuzri, that the basis of the Jewish religion is history. Um, I don't know what God is. I don't know what he can do or can't do. 
And I don't know if it makes sense or not. But he did talk to Abraham. <laughs> and he said, Lech Lecha. Now, maybe you tell me it's not possible philosophically, logically, theologically. Really, it's not possible for God, which is beyond Hasagas, to communicate with man, with Abraham. I get it. And I understand the logic behind it. And you would win a prize, Nobel Prize for philosophy, all the rest of it. But tough luck, bud. God communicated with Abraham. <laughs> you see? And there, and there was an Akedis Yitzhak. And there was a whole business with Yaakov and all the other stuff. Now, maybe it makes sense, maybe it doesn't make sense. But it happened. That's the base of my religion. Was, as a Yid, deep down in the Kishkas, that's where I'm coming from. I'm gonna, I don't go by philosophy. I go by historical memory. And I'm waiting for science to catch up with my historical memory. Yeah? Maybe in the 20th century, or the 21st century, or the 18th century, this doesn't make sense. So what? I'm willing to wait until the centuries come around where it makes sense. I'm not going to drop the baby with the bathwater right now, simply because the world's logic, or science, or all the rest of it, doesn't make sense. That's the so of starting below Hanibal Avisenu. Okay? That our relationship with your Rabbani Shalom, and you're starting to talk to God, is one of family history. Um, and since this was made at the time that it was made, which is right after the Korban, in Yavne, under the direction of Ramagamil, so um, the base image has just been destroyed. The Jews are under a tremendous clop. And so we say over there, El Hey, Rahmel, Yitzhak, Yaakov, God will give you But then you get to the point. Maybe Goel of Nev, Zerka, Chazde, Ovos. Maybe Goel of Nev, 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 in other words, the family connection. Now, it's not right. It's not fair. From somebody's to point of view, somebody's not Jewish. It's very ethnocentric as a turnoff. There's nothing universalistic. And believe me, that is the reason for a tremendous amount of anti-Judaic feelings throughout the history. There are many, many um, Protestant groups and other groups, and I don't blame them. I hear where they're coming from, who are very offended by the highly uh, particularistic nature of the Jewish theology in which God cares about the Jews more than others. After all, if I was one of the others, I wouldn't like that. Instead of, you know, making peace with it, I, I say I challenge the whole notion. And um, I'm not talking about people who are anti-Semitic in the sense they want to be like Hitler, but the people who strongly hate this Jewish message, I'm special, I'm better than you. And I get it. But the Chazal, <laughs> if you're talking about what they came away Yavna and how they expected every Jew to relate to God, he starts off with this time of, so you start off like the Kuzri. And when you're doing that, uh, if you're living at the time when the Shemun was first made up, you're Taka saying, and all you others who are not Jewish by birth, get out of here. Um, in other words, you are not the same. So it's a very racist kind of art. And it produced, from day one, a lot of controversy in Chazal, in the Jewish, in the from world. Because what do you do with the gear, and what do you do especially with the gear ascetic? Uh, once you, I, I repeat, Ramagamliel, Shem Pekuli, they formulated these words. And so they said, every Jew is going to say, and if you can't say, get out of here. So it's highly exclusive. And that created a tension. Because what do you do with the deserving people? And I mean this, who are not born Jewish, and they came to Judaism. And, um, Indeed, those who know a little bit, you don't have to be a big time to knows a little bit, No, there's a big controversy in the time of Chazal. Here we are at the time of Shavuos, 
uh, coming up, and uh, usually many people for sure you do the Mishnah is Bikurim. And you may possibly remember that in uh, Bikurim, where they talk about, you know, you have to make a, um, that Vidui uh, Bikurim. You know, here I am bringing the Bikurim. And in the first parak of Bikurim, it's a Mishnah. And the Mishnah is simply recording the controversies they were holding at that time, at the time of the Tanoim. And the time of the Tanoim is when they're making the Shemun Asri up. And indeed, it says, Hager mevi venu kore, he can't say, because it's not historically true, this the land that he swore to our fathers. It wasn't his fathers. He entered Judaism much more recently. He's not from Avram, he's not from Yitzhak, he's not from Yaakov. He's a nice guy, but he has no claim to this. And therefore, he can't daven, the implication over here is, he can't daven the same way a Jew does, and he can't say those same words. And the Mishnah indeed goes on to say, this is a Mishnah in Bikurim, in the first parrot. So this guy is going to start davening in Borchat Hashem Elokeinu, not Elokeinu 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 And if he's a basic Knesset Chazan, if he's a Shatz, he's Elokeinu Elokeinu Right? That's very embarrassing. Right? Obviously, this embarrassing was the intention of people who made up that field. And so what they're saying is, if you're if you're so and so, you're such and such, and you're Mizera Yaakov Hashem Bamacharta, literally Mizera Yaakov, then you relate to God in a certain way, and someone else doesn't relate to God in the same way. Anybody in the world can approach the Bnei Shalom, even in the time of the Beis Hamikdash. Uh, somebody's not Jewish could bring carbonas. It's expected that people Mizra Hashem Hashem Avol Mahoshem Hashem, right? There 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 are um, and there are many psukim in the Tanakh. I forget who is Micha or whatever. They say, you know, Shmi Goro Bagoyim, all the rest of it. But they can't relate to Elohim of Avicenu. It's a different way. It is perhaps the way of Atagibar. It's not the way of Elohim of You understand? Now, as we know, historically, this was a big tension. And um, by the time it finishes, in Yushalmi, I guess it is, they end up saying, no, 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 Gear can say Elohim of Avicenu. So in other words, a PC version of this issue prevailed within Judaism. I'm sure there are a lot of fights over this. A PC version emerged in which you say, you can say Elohei Vesenu because Avram Vino is Av Kolagerim. There is a very, if you want to be politically correct about this, and also if you want to be, um, if you want to see something dramatic, you look at the very fascinating and wonderful letter of Maimonides to the Gerard Sedek that wrote to him that was complaining about all this. It's called the letter of Iker Sarambam Lavadia Gerard. They say there, there is a Chazal that says that the prophet Ovadia, who's in the Treyosar, was himself a Gerard from Edom. It's not the Pashim Shah, but there's a very famous Chazal like that. And because of that Chazal, many times in the Middle Ages, uh, people who converted to Judaism, Gertzedeks, took the name of Adya. There was a famous Christ, Christian knight, like I have no type for it. You know, he was jousting and knocking guys off the horses. He was a knight knight, a Norman. And he became a Yid. I don't know exactly why. 
and he fled and all this, and it's like Avadya. So in the Ramah, I'm thinking with Arab. <coughs> I'm Muslim. And remember, the Ramah lived in Egypt, and the whole world was dominated by the Islam. And this guy has got to be a Gerd Sede, because why would you become Jewish? You have nothing to gain. Um, and he wrote, and this guy became Jewish, and he went to yeshiva of some kind or another, and in the yeshiva, in the Islamic world, they're beating up on him and making fun of him because he's a gear. That's a disgusting thing to do, but I know yeshivas like that. All right? And this poor guy, because this is Judaism, you know, but everybody knows there's Judaism and there's the Jews. Everybody in the Kiev world wants a desert island, wants a Makar, somebody put him in a desert island, he shouldn't mean any hidden. But the, he wrote to Maimonides. Right? He said, this has got to be one person in the world from Jewish with, with wisdom. And he says over there, and the Rambam writes the letter, uh, the best translation is an Igris and Rambam that I'm holding my hand at this moment from Shilat. Professor Shilat, the same guy who translated the other thing. He's a, it's like Shilat, and he's, he's very good in this Arabic stuff. He's a Dati guy, and um, he says, the Rambam's writing this in Arabic. I'm, is this a translation from the Arabic? Look how the Rambam addresses him. Moreno Rabbeinu, Avadya, Hamaskil, Hamaven, Gerd Sedek. So I told you right off the bat, this is the Gerd Sedek. No, Gerd Sedek means he didn't convert to get marry a girl or anything like that. He did it, he does the right thing. So the Rambam's calling you a Gerd Sedek. Yeshalem Hashem Polo, Timaskil, the Shlema, Mesa Hashem Ke Israel, Meshabola Chasas Tachas Kanovo. And he has a bunch of questions. Um, the first question was, and this illustrates what I'm talking about, because whatever the Yushalmi says, whatever the Mishnah says, for centuries uh, after the time of the Mishnah, I mean, the Ramah is, is, is a thousand years later, literally. Uh, they're still making fights in shuls, what a gear should say. Okay? In other words, there are people who are still saying, you can't say all the Hebrew saying because you don't relate to Hashem that way. And he's saying, I do. And he's writing to the Rambam, She'ela Rishono, Al Iski Habrochas Vatfilos, Bein Chol Bein Atzmachol, Oim Tispal Betzibor. Hayeshachalam El Heva Avseinu, Asheke Hitchalam Ben Mitzvosav, Asheke Dilono, Asheke Harbonu, all those terms in which you speak historically, and you say, God chose us. Asanim Kzalam Baseinu, what do I do? It's a Gerd Sedek writing him. And the Rambam responds, Tshuva, Geish l'chol lomer hakolt kesignon, v'yal t'shana dover. You can daven, elayim, the same like anybody else. El kamoshi yispal v'yizvarech, kol ezich v'yisrael, kach roi l'chol l'varech l'espal. You daven like everyone else. Ben sh'yispal t'yechidi, ben sh'yisa shatz. V'yikar dover, sh'av mavinu, hu sh'alimid kol ha'om v'hizkilom. Av mavinu taught mankind monotheism. V'odiyam derech ha'emes v'yichudu sh'al kashvarechu. And therefore, since Avram led the way, anybody who follows the Jewish religion, okay? And and he says, the same way Ambram converted people in his time, 
Kach Hizir Kol Hasidin Leskayr B'Tzavoso Shetziv is born of Bnei Beso. Nimsa Shav Mavino Av Lezaru Hakshem Achom B'Drochom. I mean, the Rambam is going to the trouble of speaking this out. Barachol B'Chatan in great detail. Nimsa Av Mavino Av Lezaru Hakshem Achom B'Drochom. Avram is the physical ancestor of his children who are Kshirim, who are Achom B'Drochom. But he's also Av L'Talmidov. And so on and so forth. Now, um, and he says, it's very eloquent. After a little bit of interruption, he says, The Rambam was the opinion that Christ were all worshiping idols. Right? Don't think of your yichus as being secondary. Now I'm sure this guy did see Shiva, they were dissing him young Malayla. So you come from Joe Shmo, some from Arab cabal driver, camel jockey, something like this. He says, no. Right? So we come from um, Avram, you come from God. Now, that is a very nice Rambam, and it's a very, uh, it's, it is a nice Rambam. And, uh, and he meant it. That's a very liberal position. <laughs> okay? That's why we like it. It's a very liberal position. There are plenty of people who didn't agree with the word the Rambam, so I can guarantee you that. And it seems to me, when they said, Elohim, they said, Elohim, 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 they're saying, listen, we have a special relationship over here, and when I talk to Hashem, before I ask for anything, and before I define anything, and I don't know if God is all-powerful or semi-powerful, I don't know if he's physical, I don't know if he's mental, I don't know if he's this, I don't know that, I don't know all that stuff. I know it's my Zaydi's grandfather. Right? It's just very interesting that the Ghazal expected the Jew, any Jew, to approach God in this manner. Uh, I, like I said before, the Rambam is the Rambam. It's a very nice and very defensible and liberal position. It doesn't sound like that's what, what the opinion of the Chazal was in those days, if you you know think about it. But uh, you know what? Do I, I could be wrong, obviously. And um, I think that's a extremely uh, powerful. Now this is grounded in the Chumash because of this family kind of approach. You know, you're you're a friend of our family, you're a member of our family. Therefore, I I talk to you because I have a special family connection with you. That's uh, that's the words of Moshe Rabbeinu in uh, Dvarim. Uh, Moshe pounds and the Rambam says this. Uh, I don't have it in front of me in the Gears Tame, and I remember this. Uh, Moshe at the end of Pasha's Veschanan goes to the Jews and says, "Lo mi rubchem amim choshak Hashem uh, don't think you are superior. You're not. It wasn't because you were greater than any other people that Hashem chose you. You know, like the Calvinists think they're the elect, or we say we're the chosen people. Not the chosen people because we're uh, anything special about us. Now there are many, like the Kuzri and the Chasina, who say no, a Yid is a special Matthias, and so on and so forth. Moshe says no. Lomi the truth of the matter is, others are better. 
כי מאב עשה השם אסכם, ומשם רוב עשה השבוע אשר נשבע עליו אסכם, הוציא השם אסכם ביוד חסוקה, ויפתחו מבית סבון ומיד פר מלך מצרים. Because of your, your ancestors. No, it's because of our music, Yaakov. כי מאב עשה השם, ומשם רוב עשה השבוע אשר נשבע עליו אסכם, הוציא אסכם. So it was all because of the family. Okay? So Moshe, having taken the Jews out of Egypt, is saying, you know, you're going to relate to God because Shomrits HaShua Shonish Balavaseka. So I'm just pounding on this to emphasize, as I see it, it's not Shevach, where you're praising God. You're approaching God and saying, I'm trying to understand who I'm talking to. Right? Or at least I want to. I would like to understand who I'm talking to. A person will never understand God. The way you understand him at 20 is going to be different than the way you understand him at 40. And other things in life will constantly change your relationship. That's called normal. You know, you grow, you mature, you increase, right? You get deeper or different. But one thing will not change, and that is El Heba of Right? So it's just interesting that the Chazal chose what I would call a Kuzari approach, which is you put the emphasis on the um, of those part, the fact that these are my ancestors, and after you finish all that, then you start getting into defining God in more general terms. Because Atta Gibor, as I said before, is kind of a universalistic thing as I understand it. Any religion which has any brains, you know, or let's put it this way, any monotheistic religion is going to, you know, adhere to the words I mean, if God is not the Rofei Cholim, then who is? You see? The resurrection belief, I, you know, well, that is not necessary, but I mean, it became part of Claudius I mean, it's, it's there because it's there. I mean, it's a true vort. It's not, it's, it's not um, philosophically necessary. As the Rambam himself points out in the Igeris Tchiyas HaMesim, you could have the whole Mechayim Mesim, Rachmi, Rabim, and all that without resurrection, but it's there. So you... You know, then approach. So it's interesting. You stand up, you talk to God, and you say, okay, first of all, we know each other. You know, And I'm approaching you on that basis. Secondly, once I've got that straight, then I'm approaching you and saying, now who are you? Uh, you're Kol Yochol. But then you have the third part, which is the following. And again, I'm just sharing you my understanding. But I think this is the right way to go. I do. Um, Ata Gibor, the emphasis is on power. It's Kol Yochol. Uh, right? Chalkil Chayim, Samech Noflim, Rafechilim. It's all power. It's all power. Uh, power moderated by good, by the way, incidentally. Uh, one of the interesting things about the Jewish religion is God is all powerful, but He's also all good. The two don't have to go together at all. In most religions, the all powerful God is pretty bad. But okay, leave that aside. But don't think that because you know Atta Gibor, you understand what God is. Different Atta Kadosh means beyond. Right? Mufresh. Atta Kadosh Shimcha Kadosh. This is very interesting. What is the shame Hashem? Now, I don't want to get too philosophical over here, although the Rambam and others put a great deal of attention to this. You know, it's an wrote a whole book called Shame Olam, I think. And, uh, you know, what what is the name of God and does God have a name and what does that signify? 
And the answer, of course, at the end of the day, is just like you can't understand what God is, not really because he's beyond your hasagas, you can't understand the name of Hashem. So if I say it's Yudke Vavke or it's anything, I mean, you don't really know. I can explain it to you, or somebody could explain it to me, and it would make sense, but it wouldn't comprehend the totality of reality because it can't. Right? That's obvious. We're dealing with beyond hasagas. You know, I always say, any any name or any term that you can think of was created by God, so he's not identical with that term. Oh, So in other words, having said Ata Gibor, I acknowledge it's beyond me. So I've done a very sound thing. I've established an emotional relationship. The beginnings of speaking with God is emotional. Then you have a rational relationship with Ata Gibor. But then you you know, then you have a uh, what's the right word? A realization, reality check on the rational, and say so we don't really know. Don't, don't you know? Don't be smug and say I know what God is. None of these words really work because you're kaddish yishim kol kaddish kadoshim b'choyom yalchsel. It says, in other words, the most recondite and beyond hasaga things are praising God, which again doesn't literal, but nevertheless it gives the idea that's beyond your hasagas. Um, I gotta jump into my shoal soon now. Let's let's leave that for the moment, but at least we made a start on the uh, on the Shemun Esri. Like I said before, I think this is how it evolved, and uh, this gives us an idea of the thinking of Chazal at the time they were trying to come up with saying, "What's a Matbeit they can apply for all the Jewish people everywhere?" With that, I bid you a good evening. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com.